Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 235. Perhaps I should have started the entire series of routines and rituals that lead to godliness and righteousness with this particular podcast, because I assume that everyone understood that God is the one who started rituals and routines that lead to righteousness and to godliness and to obedience to His Word. You see, God knows us. He made us. And when He dealt with His ancient people Israel, he gave them routines and rituals. Did they abuse those? Yes. Did they make those an end in themselves instead of a means to an end, which was godly living and living in obedience to the Lord and understanding the lessons that they portrayed? Of course they abused them. But does that give us the right to throw out the baby with the bathwater to cast everything aside because of abuse? Absolutely not. You see, all the sacrifices and rituals of the book of Exodus and Leviticus, none of those could bring about righteousness. Have you read the book? If you've read the scriptures, you know that faith is the means of righteousness. It has been since the beginning, and it will be until the end of time and into eternity. It is not through acts of our own obedience that brings about righteousness but trusting in God's promises that He will provide a way for us to be forgiven, a way for righteousness to be reckoned to us and put on our account. And that's the way it always has been. Abraham was not justified as far as his salvation through acts of obedience, but rather, according to The book of Genesis chapter 15, he trusted God. He believed in God. He committed to God, and God accounted that to him for righteousness. The apostle Paul picks up on this, as you know, in the book of Romans chapter 4 and verse 3, when he quotes what God said in the Torah. And all of the rituals and routines that God gave, all the sacrifices He gave, all the pictures and illustrations and symbols that He gave, all of those things could never bring about righteousness into a person's life. Those were acts of obedience, trusting in God that God would meet the need that is in our lives of forgiveness and righteousness. And so that is why the writer of the book of Hebrews, which I believe the writer, the amanuensis, the one who wrote it down, was indeed Luke. But I believe it was Pauline theology and dictated. Because it is not the blood of bulls and goats and rams and lambs that could take away sin. No, all of the blood of all of those lambs down through the centuries could never do that. It was only pointing to the time when God would provide the lamb that would take away the sin of the world, and that is Yeshua HaMashiach. That is Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is God is also the one that gave Moses 
the summary of the law called Deuteronomos, the second law. Not that God gave the law for the second time, but it was rehearsed before the children of Israel went over into the promised land and Moses died and Joshua took over. Now, why would God do that before they went into the land? It was because the people for 40 years had not walked in obedience to God, and they needed to be reminded of these rituals and routines that would keep them thinking about God from the time they went to sleep at night, when they got up in the morning, through noon, and the afternoon, and into the evening again. And so God gave them rituals. For instance, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, again, we're talking about a summary and a rehearsal of the law before the People went over into the promised land because God wanted them living in the way that he had commanded them to. They were to remember what God said and who he was. This is why the Shema, the Shema, as some would call it, the Shema, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He is a triune God. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And verse 6 of Deuteronomy 6 says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Now, how do they get in your heart? How do they stay in your heart? Well, whatever those words that should be in your heart, you shall teach them diligently to your children. And here is how you get them in your heart. Here is how you teach them to your children. And this is how I teach them to mine. You talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Well, that's just about all the time. You're either sitting or walking or you're getting up or you're lying down. What's he saying? He's saying as a way of life, I want you to think about what I told you. Why? Because he has the words of life. He says, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. God said, I want you to take this teflim, these phylacteries as they were called by the Greeks. These were boxes that they put on their head that had scriptures in them. They put them on their hand. They would bind the leather around their hand and they would put the box closest to their heart on the inside of their left arm, closest to their heart. They're still doing that today. Now, God said to bind those. He didn't say how to do it. He didn't say all of the things that that we know today that the Jews do who do these rituals and routines, but they had to come up with that, and that was okay. God gave them the freedom to do that. You see, you and I don't have all the answers to life, but I take many evangelicals to Israel every year, and when I go over there, I hear them saying and whispering, well, look at that, man, that's just an empty routine. Well, it can be just like you praying before a meal can be an empty routine routine and you're not truly grateful. Just like your quiet time, that could be just an empty routine. Just like you going to church, that could be just an empty routine and ritual you're doing. You don't really want to go. You're just going because if you don't go, somebody's going to talk about you. Yes, all of those things. Preaching 
can be just an empty routine because you've got to get paid. You've got to do it in order because it's your job and they're expecting you to do it. Yes, even singing, raising your hands. Can you do that just by ritual and routine and you not mean it? Well, anybody that's listening to my voice right now knows that's exactly what we do. Not some of the time, but in some seasons of our lives, most of the time. You see, what I'm saying is, before we start condemning the Jewish people for trying to do things in the way that God told them to do, why don't we take a good look in the mirror and start pointing the fingers at ourselves? Because half the people that I take to Israel, excuse me, not half, 90% of the people I take to Israel don't know what the Teflim are. They don't know why they do what they do. They don't know why the Jews have the customs and rituals they do. They just see the outward part of it and make a judgment, and usually it's a wrong judgment. And so what I'm saying is it's the same way we do one another. But that doesn't mean that the rituals that the Jews are doing are empty always because many of those people are very sincere and they do it out of a heart filled with love for God. Now, you and I can disagree with what they believe, but we cannot disagree with their earnestness and we cannot disagree with their devotion because I want to tell you they're a whole lot more devoted to what they're doing than what I see evangelicals being devoted to what we're doing. And so all I'm saying is that when you you put a mezuzah, for instance, on the doorpost, and that's what the word mezuzah means in Hebrew is doorpost. When that is put on your doorpost and it has scripture inside of it, that's the way that they do it. And uh, you'll see them touch their fingers to their lips and then to that, and that way they can uh, kiss that with their fingers. You say, well, that's just empty ritual. Well, I do that from time to time, and, and sometimes it's empty ritual, but most of the time it's not. Because it reminds me, as Karen and I have these uh, mezuzahs on our doorpost of every entryway and every exit of our home, we do that to remind us that God owns that home and He owns us. And that when we come into the home, it's a sacred place. So we need to watch how we talk to one another, how we talk to others, how we treat one another, how we treat people that come into our home, because that's God's house. Again, my name may be on the papers. Karen's name may be on the papers, but God owns it all. If we are followers of Jesus, He owns it all. God owns everything we have. We're just stewards. We're managers. And so that's the way it was with the Jews. It is a reminder every time we go in and out that God is the God of our life, that we are His devotees and that we are devoted to Him, that when we leave that home, we're leaving with a message of God in our heart and the love of God to be shared, uh, not only in our own lives and family, but also with those we come in contact with, and to be a blessing. It's a reminder that as I go, I'm taking with me the name of God, and I need to watch how I speak, how I act. That's the last reminder before I leave that home, when I see that mezuzah, that little emblem that has scripture on the inside of it, that reminds me to love God with the totality of my being, to love others in the way that God has loved me 
and that I desire to be loved by him and others and to disciple people along the way as God gives me opportunity. You see, I don't even have to make those opportunities while the God of heaven can open up doors for me to speak to people. I don't have to go out fretting and worrying, trying to do a countdown list. Well, I've got a witness to one person today or two people today. I witness to anybody God leads my way and gives me an opportunity, but I'm not going to make it awkward and make them feel awkward in order to make myself feel good. We need to make sure that we understand God is the one who brings people down our pathway, and He'll let us have, if we're walking with Him, the nod on the shoulder, the tap in the heart to let us know this is what you need to do. And now I'm finding out if I'll just listen to people, pretty soon they'll listen to me. But most of the time we're trying to cram something down someone's throat. God doesn't like that, and no one else does. And that's never worked very well in any culture. All I'm talking about is routines and rituals that lead to godly living. The Lord wants us to be involved with them, and I hope you are every day as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.